Hi, Joey. <laughs> Who are these people that are always saying hi for hello? Where did that come from? I could understand hell. I could understand low. In fact, that would make more sense to describe me. I'm always low. You sound like Alf. <laughs> hey, Joey. Hello. Uh, <laughs> hey, everybody. I'm Mike. That's Joe. I live in the San Francisco Bay Area. Joe lives in L.A. We've been friends for over a decade, and each week we call one another and we catch up. Hey, how, how are you? I'm doing very well. It's been quite an eventful week. We might have fucked ourselves with this episode, Joey. We talked on the phone for like an hour this morning. Yeah, but we only talked about things that we can't talk about on the show. I know, but sometimes that makes us lose steam. Oh, I'm uh, no, I'm I have enough stuff to talk about. I'm well, good. I'm sick of you. So ew. <laughs> so do you remember last week? Uh, I before after the show, I was on my way to go see these random people I'd never met. Yeah, at the Magic Castle. Yeah. So basically, if you look up Magic Castle on Reddit, you'll find me, right? And a post about passes to the Magic Castle. So this guy contacted me and he said, uh, I am celebrating my 33rd birthday. And I've managed to get uh, into Club 33 at Disneyland, which is an exclusive club at Disneyland. And... He's a big Back to the Future fan, and he was going to go with his girlfriend to see the actual DeLorean from Back to the Future at the Universal Studios theme park. And he said, it would really make my weekend if I could go to the Magic Castle. I've always wanted to go. And I tried to give him a pass, but it just wasn't working out. And so I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'll just take you and your friends. So after we recorded the podcast on Sunday, I took this guy and his, like, five or six friends to the Magic Castle. Um, they, they were all really cool. They were all really different. They were all kind of – they're from the Bay Area, which kind of ties into the show. Oh, good. Yeah. The guy's name is Christian. He works for a tech company in the Bay Area, and he had his friends. And there was a gay couple there. Oh. Yes, Dan and Ben. Hi, Dan and Ben. Did you tell them to listen? Yes, I told them to listen. Uh, they never will, though. No, you know, no, Mike, I'm not even joking. Like, either that day or the next day, Ben, who is a doctor in the Bay Area, messaged me on Facebook and asked for the name of the show again. Oh. Yeah. So they might be, hi, Ben, hi, Dan. And then what I'll do is I'll mention, I'll email, because then they added me on Facebook. Oh. And they're big fans of Disneyland. Sure. And so they actually are, like, member, they've got, they've been to every Disneyland. Okay. Okay. And um, they they love Disneyland. I mean, not every Disneyland. They've been to every Disney theme park. They've been to the one in Tokyo. They've been to France. I guess France is the worst, according to them. Hmm. And here, now here's the scary part. So I was talking to them. And tell me if you would ever do this. I was talking to them. And I was like, oh, so you guys going to, like, I like about their flight. Like, how are they going to make their flight back? Um, They all flew in two different Cessnas from the Bay Area down to L.A. What do you mean, Cessnas? Like, privately contracted planes? Yeah, Dan, for Ben and Dan, the gay couple, he owns, a, like, a flight school and has some planes that he owns. I would do that. Why oh wouldn't God, you I do would, it? Oh, I'm afraid of flying. Mm, yeah, it's not that big of a deal. They're very uh, safe. Uh, no, I couldn't <laughs> do it. I have trouble, and I know the bigger the plane to me, the safer I feel. Um, Sure. I bet you there's data that says that's true. Because don't you hear about more smaller planes going down? 
Yeah, I know. And I'm not an outband. I'm not saying I'm sure Dan's a great pilot since he's a flight instructor and whatnot. And but I'm just like, I don't know if I could do it. Like I would feel very claustrophobic. And then it's like it takes it takes uh, I think they told me like two and a half to three hours to fly. Yes. From sure. the Bay Area to LA. No. So, yeah, on a little plane, yeah. Oh, are little planes slower? Yeah, they're slower. Because remember, we knew someone at the place we used to work who used to fly from Riverside. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot about him. Yeah. Yeah. That's a for- that's a forgettable name, right? Oh, yeah. I don't even remember his last name, even. I barely remember his first name. <laughs> and uh, remember, he was really cute. He seemed really dorky. but No, Joe, he wasn't really cute. He was like on the margins so like yeah when you're not looking at him he was cute but then when you looked at him directly you're like oh no yes i agree that's a really good description yeah and here's the thing is he had this personality of being like really like kind of like dorky and lovable but he was like a fucking secret heartbreaker he was a slut he would get like all these girls yeah yeah (laughs) uh so I wait, know. so you meet up at the Magic Castle? Was that eventful at all or no? No, it wasn't. Because that's the thing. They weren't weird. They were all really nice and very interested in the Magic Castle. Right. Um, Jose met up with us in the like when they went to go eat. They offered to buy my meal, but I was like, no, I'm going to be with Jose. So Jose met up with us and Jose pointed out, and I think it's true. I think they thought like Jose was like my boy toy. Because oh. <laughs> Jose's really like thin and pretty and uh like just good looking and yeah. here i am and they four knew inch gay. eyelashes yeah he exactly like bats. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly and so they were like oh here's joe's little boy 19 year old boy toy and then like, okay you two go off and i was like uh and then i was like flattered that they thought that <laughs> and you didn't correct them <laughs> no 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 not at all because jose, jose even said because we met up with him twice because they were eating. And after the first time, Jose was like, I think they think like we're dating. And I was like, oh. <laughs> huh. And I, I never corrected them. <laughs> never corrected them. Why would you? Yeah. So there's so that's what's happened to me so far this week. What about you, Mike? So the other day I came home and uh, my roommates were all outside. We had a pipe burst in our front in the front of our house. There was like. A- oh, you were you masturbating? No, but there was a gusher of water that was like six foot tall. Oh, were you masturbating? And so we had to turn all the water off in our house. And Joe, I lived for over 24 hours with no water in my house. That was Uh, disgusting and horrible. You can't flush the toilets. You you don't realize how much you use water. No, I realize. I put like hand um, soap after I went pee. I put hand soap on my hands. And then I'm like, fuck, why did I just do that? Because now I can't wash it off. Yes, yes, yes. Wait, wait, what did you do for the bathroom? So I I didn't do a number two the whole time. I only <gasps> did a number one. But I we had like buckets of water. So our water worked. They just turned it off because when it was on, there was this like huge gusher of water. So Oh, were you masturbating? They, <laughs> they We had big buckets of water around the house to pour into the tank if we needed it. So... No shower. I called in. I worked from home that day because it was like yucky. I didn't want to like go in to work, but that was probably worse. I probably should have just you, went wait, into really work. Quick question: Don't you belong to a gym? Yeah, but it's all the way in Berkeley, and I hadn't showered. I could have just gone to the shower and and I mean, just gone to the gym to shower and then come mm-hmm. home. Yeah, that probably would have been smart. But it was always like, well, we're almost done. The guy's here. 
Um, and then oh. it was like, oh, you know what? This guy couldn't do it, so we have someone coming in tomorrow morning. And then tomorrow morning, that guy was like taking all day. So it ended up being about um, over 24 hours of no water. Uh, but it, no. it was always like almost fixed, almost fixed. So that was that. But my one of my roommates got like super bitchy about it to our landlords. He was like, "Was it the hot one?" No. He was like, "God, what? Like, when's it going to be fixed? Or how did it break?" And like asking all these bitchy questions as if my landlords don't live here and want water too. Like, of course they want to fix it. Like they weren't dragging their feet or anything. I don't really get why he was so bitchy about it. But wait, wait, wait! Did you say dragging their feet? <laughs> yes. <laughs> what are you, a Reconstruction era like slave or something like that? Feats don't fail me now. Are we in a minstrel show? Yes. Okay. What else is happening to you this last week? No, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Aren't your landlords the one that have like a secretly open relationship? Well, it's not so secret now, but yes. Uh, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Um, okay. I actually have a lot to say here. It all has to do with my friends, Michael and Julia. Remember, I was, I was house-sitting for them. Mm-hmm. And they came back this week. So, I didn't talk about this on the show, but because now it's been resolved, I can talk about it. When the entire time I was there, speaking, I know what it's like not to be able to take a shower. The shower in their house was horrible. It was like... A, a, like an old man, like after he pees and he can't finish peeing, like it just <laughs> no water pressure, out. yeah, no water pressure was dribbled out. It was horrible. I would try and take a shower under that. It was terrible, and I just didn't say anything to them. I didn't say anything except to Jose because I was like, ugh, there's another thing that Joe broke. You right. know, mm-hmm. remember if you in a previous episode I broke a dog bowl and their food container and the filter. And their hearts. <laughs> anyway, um, so I just didn't say anything. So when they get back, um, Michael and Michael calls me and he's like, uh, Joe, did you notice there was something weird about the shower? And I was like, oh, yeah, there was kind of low water pressure. And he was like, oh, Joe, we have good water pressure. The, sh- the, the shower head was broken. Uh, I totally got it fixed. It's ready. It's really good. Can you please come back to see that the water? Sh- I want you to know that my what? shower head works. <laughs> yes. He wanted me to, he wanted to prove to me that his shower head worked. What does he have to prove? Michael and Julia are so weird. Let me tell you this. So they're like, we really want to take you to dinner to thank you for house sitting, which is so nice that of them. Nice. And so that's so uncalled for. And when you and so, go, they like serve you in a broken plate. <laughs> like a t- broken dish. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here my here, Joe. <laughs> so anyway, um, no, and I was like, oh, okay, well maybe next week. And they're like, no, 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 like tomorrow. And I was like, oh my gosh. And then I realized why they were in a hurry because we agreed on lunch. Mm-hmm. I realized they're in a hurry. They're all paranoid because they have their key to their house. And they wanted the key back? They wanted the key back. So I was like, oh, okay, I get it. Like, like, like I'm just going to stroll into their house. Right? You really think that? Or you really think that they think that, I mean? Mm, I think they would never admit that they think that, but I think it's in the back of their head. When I first moved here, I lived with my boss for a little bit, and so I had mm-hmm. a key to his house. And then when I moved out, I was like, Hey, I still have your and this was like probably a week after I had moved out. I was like, "Hey, I still have your key. I don't know, do you want me to keep it so if you guys are ever like out and away, I would have it or 
Um, you know, if some emergency came up or something, I'm, I live like a block away now. And he was like, I'll take it back. <laughs> like real quick. <laughs> I know. Michael was like, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So make sure to bring the key. We can get it back from you and we'll take you to dinner. So anyway, they take me to lunch. We sat on lunch on Friday. Mm-hmm. So we were leaving lunch. And as we're walking out, once again, Mike does not put up with weirdos. He's into his privacy. And you know, I don't know if you know this, I am a magnet for weirdos. So as we're leaving lunch, this like older man like just marches up to us. Mm-hmm. And he goes, say here, you guys like history? And Michael and Julia are used to this. So they just like kept walking. Yeah. And just left me there. I'm like, yeah, I like history. <laughs> and the guy takes me to some mural of like people pose at an old gas station. Mm-hmm. He's like, see these people here? They used to sit here at this gas station. It's called the Gilmore Gas Station right here on the corner of 3rd and Fairfax. And right there, there's the Grove right there in the picture. If you see that stadium over there, that's the Gilmore Stadium. People used to play baseball there. All the All-Stars, Babe Ruth, Hank Aaron, you know, <laughs> uh, Lou Gehrig, right? And then he was giving me the whole history of the corner. He's like, I'll tell you what. You know, back in the 1800s, the Portuguese owned all of this stuff and they sold it for 25 cents an acre. And I got like a 20-minute history lesson on the corner of 3rd and Fairfax in and, Los Angeles. And then he asked for money. No. He didn't ask for a dollar or nothing? No. no, he was like an older, nicely dressed man. And then he just said, like, it was nice chatting with you and, like, walked away. Hmm. Yeah, it was so weird. I love that stuff. I love that people just come up to me and say that. Yeah. Right? Michael and Julia, like, they were like, we don't like being with you. Because even when we were walking back to Michael and Julia's house, some, like, homeless guy on a bike was like, no brakes, no brakes. <laughs> and they're like, ah. And they're like, we're just kidding. The homeless man's like, I'm just kidding. It's like, Joe, we're never going anywhere with you again. Like, you're a magnet. I'm a magnet for crazy. I, I don't know what it is. I get it a lot, too. I had a guy, I was in the city, and this man came up to me, and he was like, let me shine your shoes. I'm wearing Converse sneakers, by the way. And he's like, let me shine your shoes. And I was like, no, really, I'm okay. And he said, if I could tell you where I bought those, where you bought those, or where you got those sneakers, then I will, then you will give me a dollar or something like that. And I said, you know what? I have three $1 bills in my wallet. If you can tell me where I got these sneakers, I'll give you three bucks. And then he does this like long lyrical poem about shoes and all of this stuff. And then he was like, now it's time for me to tell you where. And this all rhymes, by the way. It's time for me to tell you where you got those sneakers. You got those sneakers on your feet. (laughs) I was like, fuck. (laughs) And so I gave the guy three bucks and then walked away. But oh, I, that's I, sweet of you. I'm attract those people are attracted to me too. I think something. I mean, I make eye contact and say hello. That could be part of it. Well, I think a lot of people get these people to try to engage them. The only difference is I will actually engage them. I'll listen to the 20 minute history lesson. Right. <laughs> I went to uh, uh, the Throwback Thursday thing at the theater again this week. Oh, that's right. Yeah. How was that? What it did you go see? Moulin Rouge. And, yeah, I kind of forgot that I really like that movie. And I even thought of you when I was in the movie because the throwback Thursday experience is so different from normal movie experience because the people behind me were singing along. The guys in front of me were making jokes the entire time, right? Oh, you must have been dying. No, I wasn't. That's the point. Everyone there has seen the movie. We paid our $5 to see it again and to have this experience. 
It was different. And that points to exactly why I get so mad in movie theaters. When I spend $15 to see a movie, I want to see it and I want to enjoy it or not enjoy it depending on the movie. But I want to be open to having that. But with the Throwback Thursday, you've already seen it. You're there to have fun with other people. So there were people like making jokes and like laughing and it was so different. I was in a much better place then. How well, I, was, I was hoping you'd be walking around shushing people. Joe, however... I went, oh no, here I went, it comes. I went to the theater on Friday. Oh no. And I saw a, a really amazing um, play, I guess you would call it, called Jukebox Stories. And it's in this little black box theater that's in the basement of a pizza joint in Berkeley. And there was like 65 seats in the theater, like tiny, tiny thing. And there was a woman sitting behind me that was like, finishing the sentences of them of the actors on stage or like oh, that girl got the full wrath man she oh must my. have got the full mike lawson wrath it didn't help that when i came in and sat down in front of her um i said i said something like polite like oh can you see and she was like if you hunch down yes <gasps> and i was like oh fuck that like <laughs> yeah fuck that i'm sitting as straight as i can this whole thing the only thing straight about you seriously so that was kind of my weekend. I also, uh, Tom V, who is a listener of this show, uh, was in town and we had brunch this morning and that was really fun. We had a really good conversation. We ate and then we just sat and talked for a while and, um, he's a listener. He doesn't have his own podcast, so I don't know much about him. So it was really interesting to kind of hear his story and hear some things that I didn't really know. Cause I only know him from like Twitter and from a couple of emails that he sent to me. So. Okay, what's going on in the Bay Area, Mike? So up here in uh, Hayward, which is kind of near where I'm at-ish, there is an elementary school that is having a toy gun exchange. And basically, kids who turn in fake firearms will get books in return. That's kind of the gist of the story, but... The principal, yeah, the principal at the school is saying things like, well, kids who play with guns are desensitized to, like, the the danger of them so he wants kids in the community he works in to stop playing with fake guns i don't think that's true i mean i played with fake guns and i am not yeah you know desensitized to them i i i agree with you i have um so i'm like extremely liberal on the whole gun thing like i'm i think every gun should be taken out of every home and that like there's no reason to have a gun i think hunting with guns is stupid and i know this is very extreme but so i think every gun should be gone melted down and removed from the face of the planet so that being said like i think when these stories of like kids playing with like water guns are getting in trouble too because they like point a water gun at someone or whatever yeah it's ridiculous i think it's all really ridiculous i played with guns i played with fake bombs i did all of that and i'm still super liberal and think that guns are the stupidest thing this this country has in it right now um yeah 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 that's retarded i don't like that i don't like that principle <laughs> i'm gonna go shoot a fake gun at him joe <laughs> i said a fake gun i'm gonna take one of those like nerf water blasters uh-huh and just chase him down there's been stories too about like kids getting expelled for bringing water guns to school and and by um, the way what a lame prize books 
Yeah. <laughs> Turn in your fun fake gun and we'll give you a book. <laughs> At least with the gun exchanges, they give you money. Yeah. That's or like, a- I, or like iTunes cards or whatever. Yeah, this is just another way of demonizing reading, which we do I'm- too. Like, I'm sorry, you didn't do your homework, so you have detention or whatever. And during detention, all you can do is read. You have to yeah. read. Yeah. We yeah. do that a lot in our schools, and I don't like that either. Um, but, but, you know, this is a good transition to my story. So as was um, pretty much um, outlined in the news on Friday, there was yet another shooting, uh, this time in Santa Monica at Santa Monica College. With real guns. With real guns. Mm-hmm. It's actually kind of a, you know, I was so busy that day that I, I didn't get to hear the story. I was unfolding. I heard it later in the day after it all went down. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, it's kind of gnarly what happened. And what's funny is Obama was really close by. Yeah, he was. And what I think is funny is I was telling someone, so let's recap the story. Basically, some lunatic kid who I guess was mad that his parents were getting divorced mm-hmm. and he had mental health problems, um, like killed his father, killed his brother, lit the house on fire, took a car and a carjack. Some, he actually let the carjack woman go, but like carjacked oh, a car took a woman hostage, shot at a bus, and shot at people on the street. Then went into the library at Santa Monica College and shot up some people in there. I think like four people are confirmed dead. Is it ridiculously redundant to say a mentally ill person did all of these things? Isn't that kind of... I mean, to like shoot up your family and then to go on a rampage, doesn't that kind of make you mentally ill? Am I, I guess, wrong? I guess what they're... Well, I that's a whole other argument, but I think what they're saying here is he has noted mental health problems like he like they don't know if he diagnosed was he was diagnosed with yeah. things got you yeah so um what's funny what i was talking to somebody about earlier which i think is weird is you know obama was in town and they got him the fuck out of there man and what i think is funny is that that's kind of when you need like the president right like not that he should have been like in the gunfire but I'm surprised he wasn't like once it was like he stayed ar- i'm surprised he didn't like stay around and then like visited what happened or gave a press conference close by or like threw one together don't you think it's weird well do you think no i don't and the reason i don't is i'm not like um i mean i love uh barack obama after i just told you how liberal i am but i i think that like the areas it's not a super secure place for the president to go in and do a press conference and it kind of looks like grandstanding like they barely even know who the victims are before he's he was scheduled to be out of there anyway so it's not like he can go start consoling families and whatever. Um, he's you, Do you know what I'm saying? I do, but I solved the problem already when you were talking. What? Here's why he had to get out of there. All the nonsense that comes with the president going anywhere will just hinder the investigation. Sure. So he just needs to get out of there because not even just grandstanding or whatnot, like it would just cause a big fucking mess. So he just needs to get the fuck out, I guess. All right. But once again is... I, what will it take for these gun nuts to realize that something needs to be done? Now, I'm not as far left as you are, even though I'm left on this issue. I'm not as far left as you are. Like, you want to have your handguns? Fine. You want to have your shotguns? Fine. I don't understand why you need the assault rifles and the high-capacity ammo. I don't get that. And... I've actually had this discussion with people because I've listened. I've heard some people uh, talk about this because I have friends, believe it or not. Actually, one of them listens to this show who they're into that stuff. And one of the arguments that I've given these people and they've, I've never gotten a, a solid argument 
why this can't be the case. You want to own an assault rifle? You want to own high-capacity ammo? Fine. Own it. But why can't you just keep it checked in at the gun range? And then you can go to the gun range, use it to your little heart's content, shoot up whatever you want at the gun range, and then check it right back in and leave. It's yours, but it stays there. Hmm. I don't understand that. One of the things I love, too, and I know Bill Maher addressed this, but I've been saying this for weeks. One of the things you hear is like people say, like, well, they need these weapons in case, you know, because the government's getting so crazy that they need it in case there's like a, you know, the government tries to take over or something like that, you know, for like a, a militia to, rev- to revolt. And I laugh in their faces when they say that. Because do you think that you and your friends with your guns have any chance against the United States government? Sure. That spends more in defense than, like, the next 11 nations combined? Combined. Right. Right? You think you're going to have it? Like, they have drones that could be in the sky and you don't even see them that can kill you. Mm-hmm. And they think that because like, they have an assault rifle, they're going to, like, take them down. Well, I think that's kind of a... I don't really believe anyone believes that. I think that's just an argument that's used. I I can't believe anybody with logical thought in their head would actually think that they could stand up against the u.s government and its military i was at a very well-to-do fancy new year's eve party and everyone there had gone to like oxford or cambridge or harvard or whatever and um they were like oh i read this new yorker article and you know the author of the piece said well my answer to the NRA is, if you don't ban the assault rifles, then what's next? Rocket launchers? Mines? People owning landmines? And they're like, that's a very good argument. And I was like, um, no, <laughs> yeah. because they would say yes. The NRA would be like, yes, we want rocket launchers and landmines. Yeah. <laughs> like, they, don't, they don't see a stop to it. It's not like you're like, oh, yes, you're right. No, they would be like, yeah, we want to own a rocket launcher. We want to have a bazooka. What else is happening in L.A.? Okay, so Mike, there was an article in the L.A. Weekly, a, a blog post, an opinion piece about gay pride. Yeah, I read it. Oh, you read it. Did mm-hmm. you read the company Gawker piece? I did. Okay. Okay, so let me just recap it. Please. So the L.A. Weekly piece, I guess it caused, it caused kind of a minor stir, um, was about how the author felt that, and correct me if I mistake anything, Mike, or add to it. The author felt that the current state of the gay pride parade in L.A. I will say he's specific to L.A., but the the current state of the gay pride parade in L.A. is more about sexuality and looking like a bunch of like wild, crazy sex maniacs, and that it sends a bad image out to straight world about us, and that we should really make it more. We should really be celebrating the better part of our society rather than the worst parts of our society, and. Uh, am I wrong? No, you you got it. And I, yes, you're right. He is just talking about LA, but this is something that comes up in gay pride season every year. And a lot of times it's not just specifically about LA. So Okay, and then the Gawker piece is sort of criticizing that LA Weekly post. And he's he doesn't say it directly, but he intimates that the guy has some sort of like homophobia himself. Mm-hmm. The comments go crazy. You know, and call the Ellie Weekly author self-hating homosexual. But the author of the Gawker piece sort of intimates that he's kind of maybe self-hating. But he's pretty much like, fuck it. Who cares what straight people think? 
this is the way we are, even if, and he says like the, the, the parts of the, the serious parts that Ellie Weekly guy mentions are good, but that this is just another part and we shouldn't care what other people think about it. Am I wrong there? No, you, I think you got it dead on. And we'll post both articles on the website, but um, what are your thoughts? Well, I think here's the problem that is difficult to get around, and that's, this is not just about pride, but about a lot of things that um, have to do with gay culture and gay acceptance and equality and all of that. And that is when you tell somebody that you're homosexual, it's automatically about sex, whether you want it to be or not. So when a gay scoutmaster comes out of the closet, there's there's things that have to do with sex that come to people's minds that doesn't happen when a scoutmaster says, oh, me and my wife have been together for five years. That's not about sex. But when it's me and my boyfriend have been together for five years, it, it is about sex. And so I think with the, this whole thing, like we're, we're proud and we're celebrating. And in a way, that is about sex. So like that this Pride Festival and all Pride Festivals are about like people just being crazy, sexually open people. I sex has to be part of that. Well, my problem is with it actually has just to do with the official gay pride, not the pride, not being proud of being gay, but just gay pride quotation marks, you know, like LLC, because I sort of feel like, and I think in the major metropolitan areas, at least in the country, gay pride is now, and I think the LA weekly guy hits on this and I agree with this part. Which is now, it's just a corp, it's just another way for corporations just to get money from us. And, the, I can, and again, I can only really bend to LA Gay Pride, so I can only speak to that. It's horrible. It's like $20 to get in. Um, ev- all the bars are more expensive. And you pay $20 just so they can sell you shit. You're paying $20 so you can go in somewhere and you, they sell you shit and you can have Missy K DJing or whatever her name right. is. I made that person up. And to get free condoms and uh, stress balls. I, you know, in a weird way, Joe, though, that's kind of acceptance. Like the Budweiser wants our dollars. Like I, I I don't know. In a in a strange way, I think that that's progress. I know that I that don't. sounds weird, but like, I don't know. I think that we are considered part of the market now. We're not just some fringe group on, you know, sat, sitting outside that can't get get it together. I under I understand that the 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 argument against like how it becomes an event where all you're doing is paying to stand around together, but would pride happen without that? I mean. It's a free market, and the event has to be pulled together. There needs to be insurance. There needs to be trash cans. There needs to be porta potties. There needs, you know, all well, of this comes second. with hold it. Hold on for a second. Okay, so I have a cousin, Richard. He's gay, and he's a week younger than I am. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about this these articles yesterday. And one of the things we talked about, and his was a true point. He's actually been to a lot of prides around the world. And the one of the things he talked about, like he went to a pride, gay pride in in Spain. And he said it was just so much better. It was not corporate sponsorship. They just shut part of the city down, and it was a big party, and it wasn't about paying a ticket to get in anywhere. It was just everybody just in the streets having a party or promoting this or marching or whatever. And I think we need to find a way to go back to that. And he used a really good example of there used to, I forgot about this. There used to be a festival in L.A. It was just like this really small thing in Silver Lake called Sunset Junction. Okay, 
And Sunset Junction was just this little kind of almost like a block party in a part of Silver Lake, which at the time was 50% gay and 50% Latino. And he said it was weird because you'd go to Sunset Junction and there would be like, you know, two leather daddies walking by uh, like a really wholesome Mexican family and neither one cared about the other. Okay. And he said it started getting more and more popular to the point where then they go like, okay, well, we need to now start covering for... Uh, bathrooms and whatnot. So they started charging like $5 donation. Then that donation became mandatory ticket price. You couldn't get in until then, right? And then the corporation started coming in and they started charging ticket prices and started getting crazy. And then the people in the neighborhood got uh, edged out and it was just all these like dumb hipster kids going there dropping almost like Coachella. So to the point where like Silver Lake was like, the city was like, wait a minute, fuck this. How did we lose control of this? And they canceled the whole thing. Sunset, Sunset Junction doesn't exist anymore. And I think that was almost kind of a right decision. Like the neighborhood turned against it because it became this corporate monolith of what it wasn't before, you know? And I wish Gabe Pride would kind of go back to those simple roots. And uh, and, I, and I have the parade. By the way, my opinion on the gay parade, like the LE Weekly guy is down on it. No, you know what? I I think it's crazy. I think it's funny. And I don't give a shit either. I think the Gawker guy is making the same point. I don't give a shit what straight people think. Because here's the thing. Straight people who hate gay people, they're going to see that parade and see what they want to see. And um, straight people who are gay supporters, they're going to see this parade and think it's great. Because sure. I don't think anyone's mind is going to be changed right. by a gay pride parade. And I think a point that the Gawker guy has, or he tries to make, is that if we accept, or if we want acceptance and equality, like, but to get that, we have to look exactly like, you know, straight people who really wins there yeah no 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 no. and and again i think he makes a really good point the gawker guy um because he's saying that this is just an element of our society they're i think he even calls them douchebags yes it's douchey but it's an element of society and that just because we don't like it doesn't mean they deserve hate right doesn't and doesn't mean they don't deserve acceptance yeah and that's that's one thing that really rubs me the wrong way because i get that uh, and this isn't just with LGBT stories, but like when a group of people are struggling so much for like acceptance and trying to love, you know, or to, I, I guess just acceptance is the the right word. But then we go out and we carve out different factions and judge one another so strongly. It just seems like counterproductive. I want to make another point. If you look at the uh, the comments in the Gawker piece, they really at- – I didn't read the ones in the LA Weekly piece, but in the Gawker piece, they really attack the author of the LA Weekly blog post. And one of the things I saw a lot was they kept calling him a self-hating homosexual, which I think is an unfair attack. Just because you don't agree with an element of gay life doesn't make you a self-hating homosexual. It's easy. It's easy it's to easy. say that, yeah. And it's so dumb. No, just be and I, and I like, for instance, there's a lot of things I don't like about gay culture, but it doesn't make me self-hating. I just don't like that part. Just like I'm sure there are straight people who don't like other straight people. But yeah. like I've said, and I've said in the past, what we're seeing here is the advent of, which is actually a good sign of progress, is that we're starting to turn on ourselves. Sure. <laughs> well, because we've run out of enemies. There was one thing in the LA Weekly piece that really got me going, um the wrong way and that's yeah. well as a person who enjoys pride um i've been to probably maybe three or four uh different city pride festivals and i enjoy it um for 
for the for a reason we just talked about that like being me like being genuinely me a lot of times is political like if I want to hold somebody's hand or kiss someone in public like I have to really think about who's around me and like it's it it's not just so easy to be open and be me in I mean even in the city of San Francisco so being at a pride festival like it just feels good to like know that everyone around you is letting that guard down even for a weekend like it feels good so but yeah, here's my but, point i'm not done with my point oh sorry so here so here's my point as a person that enjoys that it really rubbed me the wrong way in the la weekly piece that he started talking about lgbt leaders that need to be recognized as if somebody like me who enjoys pride cannot also enjoy you know people that have done great things for the movement it's like lgbt leaders and you know, pride celebrations have to be mutually exclusive that you can't possibly enjoy both or get value out of both. And that, I think that's just blatantly wrong and stupid. Um, I think I, you know what? I, I wouldn't say he's saying that they're mutually exclusive. Yeah. He, I, he, in the article, he's saying like there, why don't we focus our attention on these great people? And he has a list of LGBT. Which by leaders. the way, I love that Harvey Milk was not in there. <laughs> I give him major props that he named all these fierce gay people and that not one of them was Harvey Milk, which once again, I don't have a problem with Harvey Milk. It just he's not the only person in gay history. So Thank you. but the but the point that he was trying to make, I think, is just wrong. Do, do you not believe that there are people that, you know, participate in pride that also understand the value of these LGBT leaders? Of course, there's people that do. Both. Well, we've talked about this before. I think the younger people don't, but that they will in time. They're still in that like, like all young people, they're in that partying stage, and they don't appreciate the history. But they yeah. will in and ten I, years. And I think things like Pride, and I'm, I know that there's people that go to Pride just to get drunk and suck a dick or two. But there's also people that look at booths and get literature, and you know, do. Um, uh, see organizations like Lombada Legal that are doing good things for LGBT people. Did they, you just call it Lombada Legal? What is it? Lambda. Oh, I didn't know that. Lombada is the forbidden dance. <laughs> <laughs> but there's there's people that are learning about things that, you know, maybe they wouldn't have access to if they were not going to LGBT events like Pride. Well, you know, it's oh, – I had a point. Oh, to to go back to something you were saying to share into it is – and this is where I think pride – here's the thing. I don't know if pride is necessary the way it used to be. I'm not saying it shouldn't be there. Again, I'm talking about the pride event. I don't know if the pride event – the pride event needs to evolve because I remember I'm of the age of when I came out of the closet, it was still sort of – um, taboo to be gay and I remember the very first time I walked into a gay bar I was shaking I was in line waiting to walk into a gay bar Oz in Buena Park which is no longer there mm -hmm. and I was shaking and I could hear the music and I was I realized that buying you know paying the cover to go in there I was crossing a path I couldn't go back yeah. and the same thing like a few months later I went to my first pride in LA and it was overwhelming in a way that I can't say to you know to you know cross a certain street and then you just see hundreds of thousands of gay people yeah that I, I just you didn't see that before now with the internet and whatnot they're everywhere and so i think i th I do think i would love to see i would i'm not saying it should i would love to see gay pride 
the event evolve into something more all-encompassing than just celebrating one aspect of ourselves. I don't... And Go ahead. I don't disagree with you. I do, though, think that... Um, this might be a weird analogy, but like a cultural ceremony that a tribe, a Native American tribe does like doesn't have anything to do with, you know, summoning rain or something, but they still do these cultural ceremonies because it's part of their culture and it's a way to talk about what you've done. And I think pride in a very weird way is also a cultural ceremony that we get together and we listen to Missy Kay on the two and four, you know, doing her DJ thing. And by the way, I don't know if that's a real person. I don't think it is. Yeah. I think it's totally made up, but we go and we get our free condoms and I don't know. I think it's cultural. Yeah. It's not free. It's $20 to get in. Okay, Mike, what do you have going on next week? So much, Joey. Well, I have a few like networking events. On Monday, I'm going to a diabetes beer uh, networking event, and that should be eh, so much fun. Um, I, vo- I uh, uh, volunteered to go with one of my coworkers because we both kind of were hesitant to go, so we're doing it. And then I have another network. Do they call it like diabetes teas or anything like that? Or? Yeah, it's called beer and basils. So basils is like a type of insulin. And then um, I – must be the, the least fun beer garden ever i'll let you know i'm also doing like a networking party sort of thing on friday and then i'm in a boring all-day training on thursday but next weekend is father's day i was curious are you guys did you have you done anything or are you going to do anything of course i'm in a fucking dramatic ass mexican family father's day is going to be a huge ass thing do you have to get a birth or uh, father's day present for your brother now that he's a dad? No. No, 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 no. 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 I might get him like I should give him some pretty pink flowers or something. But uh no, I just get it for my dad. Okay. And then um no, but then of course there'll be a huge celebration which one of the movements I was trying to start, I wanted to be in August because there are no major holidays in August. Mhm. I want to start Gay Uncle Day. <laughs> Do it. I know. I'm gonna start it. Let's, you know what? Let's work on that this year. Oh, um, what do you? Have, I'm sorry. Yes, yeah, so I want to start Gay Uncle Day. What do you have going on? What else? I just told you everything. Oh, okay. Um, I have a couple weird things going on. So Reddit, the website Reddit, has their annual Reddit Global Meetup Day. Um, I think Jose and I are gonna go to that. I think we're pretty excited to go to the meet other redditors at a park in Los Angeles. Fine. And then yeah, like you said, there's Father's Day. Um. And then we'll be celebrating that. So that's what I have going on this week. Sounds exciting. Mm. Mm. All right. Well, Mike, it was nice catching up with you. All right, Joe. Talk to you later. Talk to you later. Thank you for listening to another episode of Catching Up. Find a new episode each week at cupodcast.com, in iTunes, or in the Stitcher Smart Radio app. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash cupodcast. Follow us on Twitter at cupodcast. Email us at guys at cupodcast.com. Or call our listener line at 510-239-7798. Um, I mean... Um, uh, um, 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 uh, um, 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 um,